Welcome back to the Old Testament Bible Hour with Jody. Uh, we've been away for a while, but we're going to hit on some topics that were given to us when our we had some friends and family get together. Well, now it's been about three months ago, which is <laughs> crazy to think of in that way. But but it's good to be back with you, and we're gonna. It's just some um, questions that people had on some topics. Uh, there is a Bible verse involved as well, but. We'll be right back to discuss some of those things. We're we're glad to see that you're still. But just to mention, glad to see that you're still listening to us. I see our numbers that come in, and and people are still listening to us despite our time away. And uh, we'll work on being a little bit more regular with that. All right. So the first thing that we're going to discuss is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which, according to the Bible that I'm holding, says. <laughs> I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I'm planning to make you happy and not to harm you, to give you a future you can hope for. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, Jody, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm a little stunned by that that uh, translation. Okay, thing, so, so tell, tell me the one that you would... I need more coffee. Oh, yeah, we're doing coffee, too. We decided that we were getting, having a hard time figuring out stuff on Sunday nights. And so we've kind of decided to switch it and have it over coffee on Sunday mornings. Yep. So, but what was the, what's the verse as you remember it? So yeah. <clears throat> Jeremiah twenty nine eleven has got to be like the life verse for every Christian senior in every yearbook across the country. So I, I know this verse well, and I think the way the NIV, not that that's my favorite, my go-to by any stretch, but also the, the NRSV, I think, um, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So it's a little different. I, I feel like I feel like the addition of that word happy is a little, uh, I feel like that changes the game a little bit, but that's my, that's my two cents on the translation. Do you feel like that sounds different? Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Versus, what does this one say? To make you happy. Make you happy. <laughs> I like being happy, though. Jesus wants you to find that parking spot when you go to Shopco. Right, exactly. He wants you to be happy. So what's your take on it? I was going to say, do you have a question in this? Yeah, what's your take oh, on Oh, okay. Well, I think, <clears throat> I think it's really important, whether we're talking about this verse or whether we're talking about... So I have a thing, like when you go to the football games, have you been to a football game and you've seen somebody hold up a sign, you're at a football game or a baseball game, and they're holding up a sign that says Philippians 4.13. I mean, guys, everyone the sees the John 3.16 one. Well, the, guy, the Philippians guy is usually wearing the multicolored hair. <laughs> he is. <laughs> they usually awesome. are. I love that there's a dude. Okay, good. Well, yay. Okay, so Philippians 4.13. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Why are you holding that game up at a football game? That sign. Like, really, why does that sign matter at a football game? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because we have claimed that verse to mean something it does not mean. Um, so I think that's a good starting place for a conversation about Jeremiah 29 11. Okay, so we're back. Yeah. And so, I mean, at the risk of, well, let me be the first one to say, I had to pick a Bible verse because I went to, you know, this 
god-awful parochial school for high school. And we all had to have a life verse for the yearbook when I graduated. And mine was Jeremiah 2911. So I'm I am one of the wow, guilty. What a, wow. That's the first I've heard of this. I'm one of the guilty. Well, you've talked about this verse numerous times. That's the first time you've mentioned that. I, I was a raging evangelical. I very much needed to believe that... Um, I had a, I had a, I had romanticized the life of faith and literally in some ways, you know, I joke around all the time about this, Jesus is my boyfriend kind of deal and, um, not, not anything overly sexual, but this, well, I don't know. Sometimes I hear some contemporary praise and worship music and I'm like, well, that's pretty damn sexual. (laughs) So, um, I, it's more that this overly personalized personal Jesus, um, Jesus is personal. Jesus is our friend and our brother and our savior. But there's there's more to the life of faith than making everything about me. So that's where I think where the verse gets tricky for me is I love this verse. I love the book of Jeremiah. I, I love the Old Testament, which is why we have this freaking podcast. Like, I love the Old Testament. But it's so important that we um, approach it with with eyes bigger than our own life and our own experience. And I think the danger in reading the Old Testament, which is part of why I love it and part of why we have so much fun with this podcast, is that we tend to make everything about ourselves. you know. And, and it's the way we do American Christianity. Everything becomes about me. Everything becomes, I am a precious snowflake. you know. And um, if you really look at the, the history and the narrative of, of humanity, rarely, not just Christians, oh, stars in heaven, we have enough of a persecution complex as Christians, but just, man, if you're identifying with the disenfranchised and the marginalized, you don't get to be a precious snowflake. And as Christians, that's what we're called to do. So um, the important thing with any time you read a verse of scripture, I don't care if it's in the Old Testament, I don't care if it's in the New Testament, I don't care if it's in another faith text, any time you read a Bible verse, you have to read it in the context of what it was written, who it was written to, why it was written, when it was written, because we can do this and make it be all about me and how special I am, but it's the same tool that people use to sub, to to oppress and be hateful to our gay brothers and sisters, to women, to so like a verse out of context is is a weapon and it's really important um, to remember that. I'm a little brain dead today. <laughs> I need more coffee. <laughs> also, Brian sort of sprung this one on me also. I'm like gathering my thoughts as we go. Yeah, we've um, only had three months to prepare. For I know. Well, bear with me while I put coffee in my body and um, think about this. Well, and I, I do have strong feelings about this in case I've, I have strong feelings about a lot of things in case y'all haven't picked up on that yet. But I really do love this verse and I think it's really important. And I think that the the beautiful part of our faith is that there is hope and that we do have a God who loves us. The hard part is, is if you take a verse, I, if you take a verse like Jeremiah 29, 11, one, I think if we assume that God wants us to be happy and we make that a core foundation of our faith, I'm going to just, I've said this one before, but I'm going to say it again. If your theology isn't true for the sister getting systemically raped by ISIS in Iraq or for the sister being subjugated for her faith in Turkey or for the child being sold into slavery. If your faith and your theology is so white and American, and I'm using really strong language here, but if it is so pertinent to your privileged experience that that's the only way it can be true, then your theology is crap. 
I'm really sorry to be so black and white about it, but but the Christian faith is not about you getting your parking spot. It is not about you getting into the school you want to get it into. It is that is not the core of the Christian faith. And we are talking about a man who associated himself with the the totally disenfranchised who took on a mantle of shame and whose influence wasn't power or success, but it was love and relationship. And that, that is the core of the Christian faith. It is not for you to make it onto the game show. It is not for you to like win the competition. It is not for you to win the football game. It's that your power and your authority in an upside down kingdom comes from how well you love people. And that the thing we're called to is a life of, of working towards an entire creation that is one of of love and cooperation and grace and redemption and restoration. It is not success by the way the world measures success. And it's not that that can't come that way. If you're a person who's loving and aligned with all that is good, sometimes success will come your way and sometimes it won't. And to pretend that that's a promise from God is just so disingenuous, one, to the way of Christ, but also to to our brothers and sisters all around the globe who don't have the same privileged experiences we do. And that's so important to remember um, what it, what we think it means when we read that text. Okay, so I think I've said a lot in there, but here's the important thing. When we read the Old Testament, that letter, so the this verse is embedded in a letter to people who are exiled. And there's a danger in saying, oh, well, we're the exiles. And like, we can personalize a little bit too much. Let's not do that. Let's not, that's like, that would be like me sitting with my, my refugee friends and saying, oh, I know what it means to be cast out from my home. No, no, I cannot associate with their, their experience. Um, what we can do when we read the Old Testament and the power and hope in it is that this is a story spanning thousands of years with gorgeous poetry, gorgeous imagery, tons of wisdom. And what it is, is it's us basically getting this glimpse into the life of people searching for God. It's us getting to walk with people and seeing how the narrative of God's people has unfolded over time. And it's a narrative that's still unfolding just because we're not being written down in a, you know, our experiences aren't scribed that's what the Old Testament is, is it's us seeing how people have been searching for God. People have been trying to be godly. People have been trying to create an identity. And so when we read the Old Testament stories and we read verses like this, it's not the promise in it. It's not that we read that and we say to ourselves, um, oh, God, me, I am the precious snowflake. It's that God looks at us collectively. This is a verse for humankind. If we're going to take it and make it our own, don't make it for you. Make it for us. Make it for humanity. God has a hope and a vision for humanity. That there's this invitation to create with God, to co-create this redeemed world. It's not, it's not for you. It's for us. And that we are beloved. And that means that you, if you have that white privileged experience where... The, you know, when you start thinking about what it means to be happy is that like you're going to get into the school program you want to get into or you're going to get that guy you want, then what that means is that you have an extra responsibility then to create a redeemed world where, yeah, that sister who is like trying to raise her babies and work two part-time jobs and it's not because she can't get her shit together, it's because the system is broken, you have a responsibility to create a world that's redeemed so that that sister 
can have a hope in a future too. Like we are called to create that hope and future with God. We're not sitting there passively waiting for it to come to us because we worship the right way or we pray the right way or we believe the right thing. Like this is true for all of us and we have a, a responsibility to co-create that with with God, which is what the Old Testament is about, is people like finding where God is, engaging, co-creating, and working to redeem and restore. All right, we're in the wrap-up segment of this now and... Okay, so my questions or my thoughts on this a little bit. I just realized I have my... You have awesome my, froggy voice. I know, I do have my name voice this morning. <laughs> that, I don't know, I've always felt like I wanted the things to point directly to me. So when I've read those things, I've always wanted it to be like, hey, God has this in store for me. And so, yeah, that makes me happy to know that I'm looked at singularly by that tone uh, so yeah well I, don't, I you know there's the hard part in that because like one of the things that was written down too was like fallen flawed and imperfect yet drenched in grace um those words i struggle with a little bit there's a rabbinic saying that says um that i am dust and i am stardust you know there's it's this notion like of in one pocket one hand is in my pocket reminding me that i am dust but the other hand is in my other pocket holding it, reminding me that I'm stardust. And so, yeah, you know, I read scripture and sometimes there's things that jump out at me. There's, because it's this beautiful inspired text and there, there was a girl at some point in time, just like me reading this with the same personality, the same temperament, the same view on life. And, and there's, there's, the spirit moves in the text. There's no doubt about it. The spirit moves in the text and the text inspires us and it calls to us. But to make those promises be for us, the ones that were meant for our brothers and sisters in exile, you know, as opposed to like, man, claim the shit out of the stuff Jesus said. Claim that, own it, walk in it. That was for us because we're the church. We're the church that was established in his name. But it's, it's funny how we glob onto those things but not so much the like pick up your cross and carry it like how come that's nobody's lifers <laughs> so, <laughs> does that make sense like it's for us it's right. for you yeah, there's yeah. stuff in it for you but that's why it's a good it's a good discussion to have just because if if people have felt this is a part is meant for them instead of the collective i think maybe this would be a good reminder to people well right? we are so indoctrinated to believe as americans we don't even when the old testament was written in the way that people have approached the writings of about the church and and the scripture for thousands of years has never been so individualized and we we sometimes make that some there's some in that that's good that's part of the revivalist movement that but some of it is really bad because we make it we make it be about us personally and not about us collectively so so in the final report this is we're only going to hit on this one topic because jody obviously had a lot to say about this topic so yeah. we'll we'll hit on the other ones well we covered a lot of stuff actually when you think about those those name it and claim it kind of verses but yeah yeah i just mean some of the other thoughts that people had written down that day mm -hmm. family friends written down that day so we'll, this will give us a chance to hit on those topics and I love that notion of talking about things. Like, I'm always curious, I, especially because I feel like the Old Testament is something we, and I am not an expert by, you know, the truest definition, having gotten to, 
I'm a pastor, and I want to make it clear that most of us pastors tend to make ourselves experts on things. But having been able to sit at the feet of like truly great scholars and great theologians, um, you know, one of the things we tend to do as Americans is believe that because the Bible's inspired, we know exactly what it means when we read it. And so I want to make it clear that like I've studied and I've listened. And I'm still listening. And so I appreciate the questions that make me think. And I appreciate conversation that makes me think. Um, but I love too. like, let's knock this stuff around. So I love questions and throw them out there, I say. Well, and I, I think that was the hope of the people that threw these things together. That, yeah. Um, or the things that they were thinking about to yeah. get your thoughts on that. Well, those are my thoughts. I don't know that it's. Perhaps they're divine. You know, it's funny. If people agree with me, it's going to be divinely inspired. And if they disagree with me, then it's not. But that's the joy of the Christian body, right? We get to, we get to search together. Right. All right. Thanks for joining us for this podcast, and hopefully, we'll be back again soon. We'll be back again soon. <laughs> <laughs>